Hello and welcome to another of Autocar's new series of Great Women podcasts. I'm Piers Ward, Autocar's Associate Editor, and I'm delighted to be joined by two genuine mould breakers, Beth Peretta and Simona de Silvestro. As a bit of background, we've designed these podcasts to build on the groundbreaking Great Women initiative that Autocar has been running for six years, promoting the brightest and best talent in the automotive industry. And few come brighter or better than Beth and Simona, because they're the boss and driver of Peretta Autosport, an American IndyCar outfit that made history at this year's Indy 500 because it was the first time in the race's 105-year history that a team made up mainly of women was competing. So I guess we should start with that. Uh, your history makers, how does it feel? Pretty cool, I guess. I mean, it's one of those things where I think and not to speak for Simona, but I think, you know, we've spent our careers just doing our jobs. And so you don't necessarily set out to be the first at something. Um, so, you know, yes, there was a concerted effort to strive to get more women involved, but I don't think, um, I don't think the full breadth of it will be, um, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that it's sunk in yet for me. <laughs> yeah. For me to, to be the same, you know, you, I think we're just doing, you know, we love racing. Like I've been in racing for so long and, um, and Beth putting this team together, you know, it, I think it just kind of made sense, you know, because the people are all capable of, and, and uh, at the same time, when you hear, yeah, you are making history. I, I don't think it really sinks in right away. I think it's more when you look back, you know, I think in 10 years, I'm like, oh yeah, we've done that. And you see a lot of things have changed because of it. And I think, uh, I think you just realize these things as, uh, as time goes on a little bit, I would say. Yeah, if this is a one-off and there isn't any particular progress, then, you know, we'll have a different perspective in a year or five years if we look back and this was just, a, you know, and, and it doesn't happen again. So maybe it's too early to for a verdict. Yeah, I think that's true, isn't it? You, uh, history is always best with perspective, obviously. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where, as you say, five years time, maybe it will make a, a big difference. And you'll think you'll re- look back and realize how much of a groundbreaker this was. True. And, and what was it like lining up before the race talk us through your emotions Beth you know it was a little different this year it was fantastic I have to say the fact that there were fans back the the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is an enormous venue and to have even though it was about half capacity is still a larger capacity than most racing venues around the world so uh, and if you looked into the stands it almost looked like it was full so that sort of energy I'm so grateful that that happened because um I, you know, the, we do this for the fans, you know, and, and this whole sport is driven by fans enjoying it. And so that was, that was really special. Um, but it was really a sense of relief. I mean, I know that it was the start of the race, so there's still, you know, 200 laps to, ahead of us at that moment, but I'm still very keen to make sure that we also appreciate how far we've come, even though as racers, we're kind of wired to always look forward, always look forward. And we never kind of take a breath to appreciate kind of in that moment. But I did make a concerted effort standing on the grid to do just that, to look over our shoulder and see these women, you know, in their fire suits around the car and know that that was unique. I did take a moment to appreciate that. And Simona, did the start feel any different this year because of what Beth just said, you know, all that, what you've achieved by getting Peretta to the grid? Um, yes, in the sense, because, you know, for me, I hadn't been to the Speedway in so long. And if I if I look back, you know, three years ago, I didn't even imagine that I would go back to the Speedway, to be honest, just knowing kind of where my career was going and you know, it was always kind of there, but like it never, never was something really concrete. And for me, just 
for me personally, just to, you know, go out there and being back at the speedway, uh, going through the motions we had to go through in qualifying and, and actually, you know, just getting to walk out again. And like Beth said, going out there, like with the fans, you know, it's such a surreal place. And the older you get, the more magnitude it actually gets for you because you realize how lucky you actually are as a driver to participate in this race and try to win it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, just knowing uh, that like the work that has been put in this program, you know, the women, they've been like working so hard over the last few months to actually be there. Like, I just felt really proud actually to walk out with them, you know, because uh, they all kind of uh, were new to it. Some of them had never been to the speedway before and all that. And they were all like new and be like, okay, you get to do this. And I think I was just really proud to, to be able to kind of, enjoy this with them you know and kind of uh, show like uh, like the importance of it and and also like you know all of them kind of realize the chance they have like same as me to be able to be here and you know that's all really kind of thanks to Beth and I think it was just really special to 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 be back there and yeah just to yeah and like like Beth said like the having the fans and everyone it was just really cool and you I kind of took it in like really you know every second of it and uh, and for sure you know when I looked behind my car coming into the pits you know uh, those girls were just you know so good at what they were doing so I think it was just you know a really proud moment to to be actually part of this team to be honest. And and you touched on a, a point there about um, it's remarkable that you got up and running in just four months what was the biggest challenge? Um, like anything when you have a new team I mean you know this the, Although some of the women were, were newer, others had different experience in other racing disciplines. So they weren't completely green, but like anything, if you're taking somebody from sports car or from NASCAR, you just have to teach them the nuance of this car and the rule book. But like anything, even if you were to take the same group of seasoned men and put them together, there's always those growing pains of learning how to work together, learning how to communicate with each other. And we all had to do that as well. But I think one thing that helped accelerate this from which allowed it to happen in such a short amount of time is the the people that we were working with at Team Penske and the, the women that we hired had such um, devotion and respect to this as a project that there was just a mutual respect from day one of people wanting to learn and people wanting to teach. And for that reason, I think really from the jump, it it was working really well. We didn't have many hiccups in that sense because I think everybody kind of stepped forward and said, I want to do this. You know, nobody was sort of dragged <laughs> kicking and screaming. Everybody's like, you know, this is an amazing opportunity. This is something that is important important to me for different reasons. Like in, in fairness, when we first uh, were started working with these men, I didn't know what to expect. I know that, you know, they were asked to do it and they said yes. And so they're going to do the job asked of them. But I didn't know if they would appreciate it at the level that they did. And I was really so thoroughly impressed by their commitment to this and commitment to teaching these women. Um, some of them are fathers of daughters. Some of them, they've been around racing for, you know, 30 plus years and have said that this was one of the most exciting things they were ever part of because they saw the importance of it and, and they saw the young fans or they saw the, the notes we were getting. And I think that, you know, 
we can easily get um, cynical <laughs> sometimes after you have a few bad days, just in any of our jobs. But when you see that little spark in, so you know, the spark in somebody's eye or be teaching a rookie who wants to learn what you do for a living, I think it was invigorating for everybody. So for the veterans, and I think that was kind of the secret ingredient is everybody genuinely cared. And, you know, it's, it's rare that you get to build a team from a clean sheet of paper. And those few times in life when you get that opportunity, if you, if you have the right personalities together, you can, I think you can um, accomplish a lot in a short amount of time. And that's kind of what happened here. And was your previous experience, obviously, from both of your points of view, really helpful when it came to this year's event? Absolutely. <laughs> You know, someone I was thinking about thinking when you were just even saying before, I, it's amazing to me to think that your first 500 that you were 20. And I think about that, like, you know, as a 20 year old, like what that was when you were rookie of the year. But that idea of like thinking of how you appreciate the event now to what it must have been like your first time being there as a competitor, too. I mean, I've been to the 500 a bunch of times, but I was always just standing in pit lane with, you know, ancillary role. So I didn't have like pressure but that idea that you i think we're also able to relate to these women because you were that person before and that certainly probably helped too but i i think of that like to be that young and how could anybody at that young age appreciate what's about to happen <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that, that that's what what it is i think you know the first time i did my 500 i, I went there and i, I just treated it like a normal race you know like to me it was just like any other race racing and 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 like I said before the older you get the crazier it gets and I, I think and that's what I kind of liked in this team and like Beth was saying before like you know everyone had their part everyone was teaching somebody comp kind of new you know and what they're doing and stuff like that and to kind of see that you know everyone being really passionate about the project and really actually wanted to be wanted it to be successful. I think that made all of us super strong and it, it made us actually all really also work much harder to 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 really achieve it because, uh, you know, it's like at qualifying, we were really in a tough spot, but, you know, all I had in my mind, I'm like, you know, I, I have to qualify this car. Like, there's no other way around it because, you know, I could not, I don't think I could live with that feeling, you know, to disappoint, like, really, like my whole team. And I think that really it's also the first time I feel felt so much about a team, you know, because just the, uh, the amount of work and the, the amount of, of passion and wanting to work hard at it uh, to, to, to kind of, yeah, achieve that for sure. Uh, and what was the reception like at Indy? What were the other teams like when, when you guys turned up? Yeah, well, I, I think, like, from my perspective, I think when we went to the test, you know, I think definitely there was, I remember kind of walking back to the garage and there was a lot of, other teams like looking at our garage you know and um and just you know having so many women like in the garage it's like it's never really been seen before and to me it didn't seem to that difference because everyone was doing their job you know but for sure when you looked at it you know there was a lot of uh, of girls working on the car and i think you know to be honest when they started doing their pit stop practices everyone was just really amazed because they were really good really quick and i think there was a lot of people who kind of took notes like to to see you know because we uh, to be honest we we're really quick you know we had Caitlin on the left front she I don't even know she's so quick you know it's 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 crazy to see and it's just really cool to see and I think it just showed you know I think as well in racing you know there's so many people who are in racing for a long time and I think when you're in racing for a long time you kind of 
I don't know, it just gets a bit of a routine, you know what I mean? And when you saw those girls, they just, you know, they know had they knew they had the chance, they knew they had the tools to get it done, and they just, you know, worked so hard and they proved that uh, that they really deserve it. And I thought I thought that was really cool to see, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That and and the fan, uh, we you know there, there were reduced fans, but we were able to have some fans in the garage area, and um, that reaction what was really kind of cool was for them to be. Uh, applauding crew. You know, how often do you see a crew walking down, you know, pit lane and the crowd cheering for the crew? That was kind of a cool moment to, to go through their pit, their pit school training, you know, at the crack of dawn because they all had to do it before they went to their day jobs. And, you know, there's, I'm sure that there were many mornings where they're like, what is this for? And is this really worth it? And where is this leading to? And those moments of, um, I mean, and again, it was those moments of like when they first got their fire suits and, you know, and they, like anything, everybody's sort of team driven. So there's that comfort of knowing that you're part of something bigger than you. But um, it was wonderful to see, uh, you know, there were a lot of skeptics. And I think that we, you know, we were able to prove a lot of them wrong, which in fairness, I think each of these women as individuals has probably done that before in their life. So it was kind of nice to do that together. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was must have been an amazing experience to be surrounded not only by those fans, as you say, but also that level of support from the whole arena must have been amazing. Absolutely. And in fairness, I mean, Simona is so well respected by the other drivers. I think that also helped us from the beginning that people knew that she was capable, obviously capable of doing everything that she did. The fact that we had the technical alliance with Team Penske, I think, you know, a lot, let our other fellow competitors know like, okay, there's an effort being put in here. We'll see whether it works or not, but we knew that we had the resources or the the practical approach to it that it hopefully wasn't going to, you know, be a stunt or be a, a unmitigated disaster. <laughs> and, and that technical alliance so that with, with Penske, uh, how did that work? And, and, and obviously, it was massively helpful. But what, how, how did it function practically? It was invaluable. I mean, so what we did is we had these elder, like like these elder statesmen, these uh, experienced men who, a strategist, a race engineer, and a, a data engineer who then were, and crew chief. And so those key roles, now eventually, and that was sort of always by design that in fairness, if we can work together for a longer period of time, we would get women to ascend to those roles. But the way that you have to start, there aren't enough women around the world at this pro level to put together a pro IndyCar team of everybody kind of being really well versed in each of those um, skill sets right now today. So the idea is to kind of have this blended team. Um, so the fact that we had those people, but then we also were able to share information with the other cars. And then Simona can speak to, you know, as a driver, the, the, you know, the, the help that that happened, you know, the, with talking to the other drivers and then getting the other, the engineering data from the other cars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, to be honest, I think it was a, like a dream come true, you know, to be working kind of with team Penske. I think, uh, you know, when I raced in IndyCar, that's always the team you wanted to be with and, and for Beth to be able to, to kind of put that together with them was super special. And, um, I think, you know, as a driver, for sure, you know, the car was, was uh, was really good you know we in 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 race stream we we were really good but yeah just having the info you know they they've won the 
in the 500 so many times so you kind of all the stuff you you get is you know that it's going to be good and as a driver it lifts you up as well and I think for everyone that that was kind of also new in the team you know they were just learning from really people who really know what they're doing and I think that's um that's really special you know, most of the time when you start you're always uh, in a situation where it's really difficult but now we really kind of had all the tools in front of us you know anything we needed anything uh, people had questions about or so you know they they could be answers and I think that's why this program has also so much credibility because it's done right and um and everyone involved also really believes in the project you know it's not just you know let's put this team together and see if we if we can go we really you know I think we went there to be really competitive you know unfortunately we had some things that didn't go quite our way but I think in the race we showed that we're competitive and uh, the preparation as well you know we're really competitive so I think uh, in that sense I think it was done right and 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 I think it's hopefully also going to inspire a lot of other people you know doing the same you know just giving the opportunity but also you know giving the knowledge and and learning from the other people I think that's something really really important. And famously all the pit crew as we've said were women how did they cope with that pressure? I think they did pretty well, no? <laughs> I do too. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, especially considering if you saw where our pit stall was, we were, you know, we were at the end, closer to pit in, which is always a, can be a dicey area. And sure enough, this race proved that it was a dicey area. You had some uh, cars coming in that had lost brakes that, that were coming in faster than they should have been that had pit, pit lane violations. You had uh, Stefan Wilson's crash. You had Will Power spin. Uh, and so they're doing their job, but they always have to kind of be watching for, you know, potential, you know, uh, danger within a short amount of, you know, within a short distance. And the fact that they were able to just kind of compartmentalize and focus right back on their task, you know, especially with fans in the stands and all of those things, I think if anything, that getting through this race probably just gave them the confidence because up until this point, everything that they've been training for was just in a, um, you know, uh, in a shop, like a static situation. So you can't ever replicate what are all those, you know, how many curveballs can we throw at you? How many monkey wrenches in this race kind of had all of them, you know, <laughs> like noise, crashes, stuff, you know, cars coming in, you know, if you saw towards the end there, when we had, uh, when Simona was in the pit box, Ryan Hunter, Ray came in uh, and he was having issues with his brakes. So he came in very close to our pit stall and our people had to scramble out of the way. So they passed every test. Must have been <laughs> terrifying. Them. It, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, I was a good 10 feet away and I was terrified. So, but they did it, you know? And I, so to add, you know, I think um, that what helped them get through it and I talked to them many times leading up to and during to know that we're in it together, you know, you're not shouldering any of this on your own. And I think that they bonded very quickly. Like the, the six women on the pit crew, uh, genuinely became friendly with each other. And, and um, because, you know, this is one of those things that uh, it's hard to relate to other people when you say, you know, when, what do you do for a living? I'm, a, you know, inside left tire, you know, inside rear tire changer for an Indy car. Like when you say that at a cocktail party, conversation stops because <laughs> what does the person say to that? Right. So I think the fact that they had each other to go, you know, to, to bond with probably that that's how we all got through it. What does diversity mean at Bentley Motors? Diversity is what brings all these different perspectives to the table, right? These experiences that we have. And when we bring them together, that's when we create the best possible solutions. If I had to sum up diversity in one word, it means pride. 
It's about removing barriers. Confidence. Creativity. Potential. Understanding. It means belonging. And what was the atmosphere like with a, with a team of, of women? Was it, Simona, probably, you've obviously worked in very male-dominated teams. Was yeah, it different? Yeah, it was, it was different because, you know, I think the thing is because, like, everyone was was also learning. Actually, I think the big difference is, like, everyone really wanted to be there, you know, and uh, they all knew that the opportunity they they got is is pretty amazing and and i think you know like like beth was saying before also like all the men that were involved they they really you know they had a lot of patience they really took their time you know to get things done right and stuff like that and i think in that sense you know the the environment was really good it was a uh, really peaceful you know also on saturday when we had to do two qualifying runs everyone really even though we've only done this one race together everyone knew exactly what they had to do when it was like you know pressure time you had to get it done and i think they've everyone has been yeah taught really well and uh, but the atmosphere was really good because you know i think it was we also had a lot of fun together you know we were all kind of okay we got to go to in, to do the indy 500 and uh, we, we're in this together we all you know, just met each other just like a month before for for myself, you know, and them just four months before. But uh, I think in that sense, you know, j just knowing the opportunity and, and being together and really working together for a common goal was uh, was really, really good, for sure. And, and Beth, how hard was it to recruit women? I noticed that uh, Amanda Freya, who was uh, outside rear tyre crew, um, she wasn't even in the automotive industry when you signed her up. No, she was uh, through sort of a friend within the Penske organization that knew her and she, her background. She's athletic. And so one of the things that we did for this, um, IndyCar has a different a different model than what we have for NASCAR in the US. In NASCAR, most of the pit crew is what we call fly-in. So they're, it, it's much more physical what they have to do. So they're often... Um, athletes, ex-athletes, they could be ex-American footballers, uh, American football, um, and because of the, the strength and physicality of the role, whereas in IndyCar, most of the people who go over the wall are also mechanics. Um, so it's a different uh, set of skills typically. So in order to do this, to have some women over the wall, we tried to find women who were athletic and capable, but also had mechanical um, experience. And that's a tough combination. So on a couple of them, we, we, hide, we actually uh, put a through acquaintances were able to start with nine women and then whittled it down to six and some of them were just athlete had just athletic backgrounds and then others had gone through the nascar technical institute and they had mechanical uh, experience so those that were working on the car in more of a mechanical sense had that one of our women for instance um is ex-military and had uh, was a diesel mechanic in the coast guard so had had mechanical training in another and she's a student in the nascar technical institute so when she left the coast guard thought like okay this is something that i can do uh, mechanically but amanda was the only one who didn't have uh, mechanical experience um but in fairness if you look at her role in the pit stop it's actually what the most physical because she's the one that has to run around the car once the car stops whereas the others are kind of waiting for the car to come in so you know in time it's, it's a hard combination to find again it was a little bit of trying to put this together in, with a shorter timeline 
there are different things that you can do. You can have that person who's the outside rear tire like Amanda is. And there are so many other things that have to be done on a race weekend, like setting up the, the pit equipment. And so that's what she wanted. Like, those were the things that she was taught. Um, it's kind of an all hands on deck scenario. So it's a, it's, you know, a strange combination of things to try to find. And the way that we did that, there's a gentleman called Jefferson Hodges who works for Team Penske. And he spent many years in the diversity program uh, at NASCAR. He's training uh, people through that program. So we relied on his contact list. And he was the one when we kind of sat down early in January and said, okay, we need to find some, where are we going to be able to find some women? And our intention, honestly, was maybe we could get two you know, let's see if we can get to, because, you know, truthfully, any progress is progress as long as you're doing it the right way. So he put a call out and um, like Sarah Durant, who is our tire specialist, he'd worked with Sarah for years and Sarah had, you know, 17 years experience on the NASCAR side and in NHRA as a tire specialist. So she just had to learn IndyCar tires, but the process is very similar. So it was really a lot of work because yeah how do you hire for an IndyCar team or an F1 team or a sports car team a lot of it is so the idea though is yes it is a lot of who you know but that idea is if we can now show you that if you have interest in it and you have a particular skill set you can be taught the kind of that last that last bit if you're committed to it and if you can find somebody who's willing to take you on board and teach you it's fascinating and and how do you ensure the project can become sustainable rather than just this one-off at Indy. That's what I'm working on now. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, you know, I took, I, I admit, I did take a couple of days off, I think, because I, you know, I had to take an extended nap because we were go-go going for about, I mean, I've, I've been go-go going for six years on this, but the past few months was, uh, you know, and especially those last two weeks were at Indy, you know, early mornings, late nights, every day. So, um I allowed myself a couple days rest and now I'm back at it. So talking to partners, we had some um, interested sponsors who uh, wanted to be part of our program going into uh, May, going into the Indy 500, but they just couldn't work quickly enough because of course you just have your timing cycles of companies. So we're picking up on those conversations now. So, you know, for the past six years, this idea has been theoretical, but now we can point to look what just happened and, you know, and it's a kind of it was a lovely proof of concept yeah and, and how would you measure your success building a race team of women that competes and hopefully wins or is it in how many schoolgirls you can encourage into stem subjects all of that all of that i mean ideally this is the team that's a going concern for the next you know in perpetuity and you know contending for race wins and championships and you know and then five, 10 years from now, you're seeing more women uh, going into citing this as an inspiration for them. And, and as well as more women in the paddock, I'd love if, you know, more teams up and down the paddock had more of a balance, even if it was, you know, 50-50 men and women on the same team. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And Simona, why do you feel IndyCar has a better history than most offering opportunities to women racers? Um, yeah, it's funny because, uh, I think yeah, there has been more women racers in in IndyCar than in any other racing series. Well, I think to be honest, I think the the American market is definitely I think more open to it and uh, a bit more willing. And uh, but you know, I don't know. You know, in the sense, it's still it. Yeah, there was a lot of women that that were there, but no one really kind of got their chance to really you know establish themselves. You know, if I if I look at my career as well, 
I think I was pretty quick when I raced there in, you know, 2010, 11, 12, but then, you know, I didn't have the sponsorship anymore and, you know, kind of that, that, that IndyCar dream kind of faded away. So, um, I think, I think that I think what's happening now, you know, I think the world is really changing. You know what Beth has been able to put together, what uh, you know, I think as well. You know, having Roger Penske behind and you know, kind of uh, having his support is huge. You know, if I, if I look at myself also at Porsche, you know, I'm uh, the first female works driver for Porsche uh, over here. So I think things are changing, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still you know, we need to be winning. And, and, and for me right now, I do feel that I have, you know, I'm starting to get the tools to be able to do that, to fight for, for championships and, 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 and race wins. And, and, you know, it's kind of going to be down to getting the results, you know, I think to really change the mind of a lot of people, I think that's what it's going to come down to. But uh, I think what we've proven at the 500, I think, um, especially on the pit crew, you know, uh, you know, I hope other teams, you know, will steal uh, women from our team, you know, in that sense, because I think they've just proven, you know, they got the chance, they've done the job and, and, and you know, some of them were super quick and I think it was really great to see and, uh uh, and yeah, I think, you know, hopefully Beth and I can really push that, you know, and we can uh, really keep going to to have, you know, to inspire even more people to go and kind of go for it and not be not be scared of it. Yeah. Do you, do you think sponsors these days, because of the way that the world is going at the moment, they would be more interested in picking up? You mentioned that you struggled in uh, in, you know, 2010, 12 to pick up sponsors. Do you think they'd be more interested now? Well, I wouldn't say the sponsors side, you know, I think that's, you know, sponsors is always a, I think in racing, you know, at the end of the day, you, you need them, you know, there's, there's no other way around it. But, um, uh, I think what I've been missing along the journey is a little bit being in the right environment, uh, as race team, you know, uh, I, if I look, you know, in 2013, I had a podium, I think, you know, I finished 12th, I think in the championship, but none of the big teams, you know, called me, you know, and at the end of the day, racing, you need to be in the right team, you need to be in the right car, you need to have people who really want you to be successful as well. And, and I think that's really happening right now. And that's why I also felt so confident, you know, going into the 500, because, you know, everyone involved really, you know, first of all, believed in me, that's, that's a big thing, you know, and, 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 and also, you know, just having the tools to do something pretty good. I think that's, that's really important too. So I think it's just a whole package thing, you know, and, 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 and being in the right and for sure, you know, I think, um, I think from the sponsor side, yeah, I think there might be a bit of awareness because I think it is getting, I think it is important for everyone to, to bring diversity, you know, at the, at the moment. And, and I think that racing, to be honest, is the perfect sport for it because you, you know, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you know, whoever wins, you know, should be, should be supported. Whoever is the fastest should be supported. And I th I think that's like in any industry or get the job, you know, if you, if you're good at what you do, if you're male or female, if you're good at what you do, you should get the opportunity and it doesn't matter. And I think racing is just a perfect vehicle to, to showcase that. And we did an interview with Lena Gade recently, and uh, she said that she felt uh, she was seeing more female mechanics and engineers in the U.S. Does it feel like we're turning a corner? I mean, is the U.S. better than the rest of the world? I, I haven't been in a European paddock in like two years, so because you know we had this whole thing where I couldn't travel. Um, so yeah, Simona, what do you what do you see what in Europe? It? Yeah, I, th I you know I think just. I definitely think the US in general or you know if you look at Australia as well I think they're more pushy you know and giving opportunities you know in the sense I think Europe 
sometimes uh, even in racing to be honest it's really everything is really you know kind of boxed in i think it's changing a bit as well but for sure i think you know i think we there wouldn't have been so many female racers you know anywhere like in the u.s because i think the u.s is definitely a bit more open and a bit uh, more willing to sometimes take take a risk and giving the chance yeah i think so we're definitely more of a meritocracy in in other aspects of you know society i don't know how much it extends to racing but ideally it should because it is the ultimate equalizer you're either good at your job or you're not you, you know you can't maintain years in racing if you're you know mediocre or less you just get filtered out so the one thing though that everybody you know the business model of racing is different than other sport because as the team we don't have an arena so we don't have any other way to generate revenue so if you're you know if you're a football team and you've got your your arena and your home games that's how you're able to sustain and, and pay your salaries for all of your people so you know our business model people always kind of wonder like you know this crass discussion of like, why are you talking about sponsors? That's literally the only way that a race team generates the money to be able to survive. And it's kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy because you want to have a strong sponsor who believes in this, which is why I wanted to build this as a program that was bigger than just the, the results on the timesheet because the way that you need, the way that we'll get better results on the timesheet is consistency. Every team needs to say, okay, we're going to have a commitment for three years with these people that are going to have the comfort of knowing that they have a full-time job for three years, therefore they can commit to it. None of that, what's going to happen next season. And, and that, that, that can really play mentally on every person, every person in every role, whether it's Simona or somebody who is, you know, stepping up the pit equipment. You want to know that you have stability in your life and you're committing to something and then you can focus on you know getting better results week in and week out but the only way that people keep saying why when are you going to have more women drivers and I mean first of all we need to have more in the ladder but when we look at the ladder the road to Indy or any of these feeder series in any motorsport series around the world everybody always talks about the driver I'd like us to have more conversations about the mechanics and engineers in all those steps of the rung too so let's let's talk about that but the key is for all of these sponsors potential sponsors to value that racing is this amazing meritocracy it is competitive you know man versus man woman versus woman uh technology, you know, technology at its finest, building a better mousetrap, you know, it's, it's sports for, you know, it's, it's not just brute strength, it's strategy, it's like a, you know, a thinking man's thinking woman's sport. And there's something really amazing about that. And it's unique to racing. And, you know, oftentimes when you see a strong sponsor in the sport, it's because the CEO of that company gets it and is a racing fan hopefully broader than that we can get other companies that see it more than because usually they you know then then when that ceo leaves or retires that sponsorship goes away but ideally if you can you know build it over time you know you look at certain sponsorships like you know shell or um, marlboro and all these things that now in, in different iterations still exist with different companies over the years it's remarkable when you can see that and that's when you have race teams that have 
success is the longevity of those partners because you have to give that stability to everybody on the team. And so I don't think there's anything magical about why women are why not women. We are no different than any other team that we just need to have a partner that believes that we should be there and is willing to invest in us long-term. And then you'll see Simone on the podium. <laughs> well, we hope so. It's not for a lack of talent. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that kind of leads into my next question, which is what's next for both of you? Uh, we've covered it briefly, but there are, uh, I saw a statement the other day saying there are additional races under consideration for Peretta Autosport. Can you tell us any more at this stage? Or Nothing to report at this time. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of moving parts because it's, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's funding, getting all that confirmed. One of our partners that we just signed right before the 500 is a multi-year commitment. So that's good. You know, that kind of gives us, you know, uh, ability to plan. Um, you know, our intention is to be back, you know, at the, obviously be back next year at the 500, but it'd be better if we could do a couple of races this year and more races next year, because the more we can do, the better we will all perform. But the technical tie-up, sorry, Simone, just the technical tie-up with Penske, that still uh, is there and, and, and carries on? Uh, for, I, I don't know what we'll be able to do for the balance of this year, but for next year, yes. Yeah, yeah, we do. I've had that conversation with Roger. Obviously, we have to put everything still together because there's a lot of, there's just a lot of moving. This is so much more complicated than it looks when you're looking at the, uh, the Indy 500 program, flipping through the pages, believe me. I can imagine. I'm glad I have the, the driving part. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I, I work from May 31st to like the next green flag. That's, and then I just sit back for the 200 laps. <laughs> like that, you know, that's when I kind of rest, but I'm, I'm already furiously working on all the other stuff. And Simona, you're back in Europe now, uh, as you mentioned, a works Porsche driver. Um, what's your next steps? Yeah, actually, I have a few races coming up in GT Masters. So, yeah, at the moment, uh, that's a full focus, full focus on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find it difficult to switch between the different disciplines? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, you know, on one side, it's super cool to be jumping from one race car to another one. Uh, but for sure, you know, it's uh, it's not easy, you know, especially in the GT side, because uh, pretty much, especially in GT Master, everyone who drives there is like our so-called GT specialists and they've been racing that for, for su such a long time. So, um, but I've really, you know, I think what, what makes it easier is having really good teams around, around me, you know, with the, you know, with, with Helbert, they, they really know their stuff. So for me, it's kind of easy to jump back in and get up to speed. And same thing when I got back in the IndyCar, you know, just having the, all these people who really, you know, know what they're doing and, and really trust my feedback as well. You know, I think that just speeds up the process much quicker and, uh, um, you know, but for sure, you know, I was quite happy to be back in an IndyCar. I've, I've definitely missed it, you know, and, uh, and it's definitely something, you know, that, that I wish, uh, you know, I can do, I can do more often because it's definitely cool to drive uh, one of those cars for sure. <laughs> and I, just finally, just briefly, I'd love to get your take on the Extreme E setup, both of you. Um, one male, one female driver, quite an interesting way of doing things. What, what are your thoughts on all of that series? Uh, I think, I think it's quite cool, you know, from, from what I've seen, I think the series is, uh, is pretty fun. It looks really fun. It looks really entertaining. And, and I think, you know, that they've, you know, made this, you know, kind of 
yeah mandatory one female one male i think it's it's cool you know because at the end of the day you got to work as a team you know that's a bit also like endurance racing and stuff like that and and i think it's uh you can put more you know people uh, like on the map as well you know if you look at molly taylor like i knew her from australia i knew she was really quick and uh especially in the off-road stuff and 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 now i think she's definitely more known you know worldwide because of extreme e and i think uh, i think that's that's something super positive agree i think it's it's fantastic it's fantastic to watch um you know, the idea of everybody sailing around on a ship is crazy to me and amazing that they're, you know, going from place to place with all the equipment on a ship. Um, just very clever, you know, the, the, the way that they were very thoughtful in how they constructed it, you know, instead of just kind of throwing together a series, there was, you know, serious, so much thought put into all the different elements that they didn't necessarily have to incorporate, but they chose to, which I think is really, really a, a cool message. So it winds up being broader than just, you know, a bunch of uh, vehicles racing in these very exotic or unique places that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of or seen. I think it's it's really cool on many, many levels. But I think that's what's lovely about Peretta is the, the wider message that's been going with that team. I think it's, it's fascinating. Thank you. I've always, I've always said racing is really a treasure trove of stories to tell and things that can be taught and it could be much better if you did more with it that was kind of the impetus behind it let's just do more with it we all love it and honestly like peek behind the curtain i just want more fans i want to create more fans and so if we can target kids who can grow up to be racing fans helps all of us well, that's a pretty good way of summing it all up, really. Um, thank you both very much for joining us. Uh, it's been fascinating to listen to you. Really, really interesting. Um, and uh, thank you all to our listeners for listening as well. Um, and we will see you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.